Okay, we're up and running. So uh, this is welcome to the Malt Travel Ale podcast. This is probably episode one, or more likely to be our beta. Uh, we just kind of trial this how we go, really. So Malt Travel Ale, uh, a little bit of a play on words. Uh, the three of us are from Malton initially, uh, and we spent the last thirty odd years uh, traveling to sample ales, and that's what the idea of the podcast is initially. Obviously, we're all stuck in lockdown. Um, I'm stuck now in Staffordshire, Bruce. Uh, in York and Nick uh, still in still in Malton. Uh, so we are just trying to think about when and when and if we get released from lockdown, what would make the perfect beer trip. So we've been kind of going on trips mainly around the north, but with occasional soirees to uh, down south and to London, Edinburgh, etc. I say over the last thirty years or so, uh, and we've kind of I guess developed our own a bit of a philosophy. I guess the three of us have been kind of hardcore, but along the way we've had lots of other friends and people, mates and people who've joined us as well. So we just thought if anybody would be interested, just kind of some ideas about what makes the, the kind of perfect uh, trip, et cetera. So perhaps as a way of introducing ourselves, perhaps if, if Bruce and Nick, perhaps what are you most missing about not going to the pub is probably the kind of key question, isn't it? Bruce, what's your, I know you've, and Bruce has just come back from COVID, so he's actually drinking Coke tonight, which is uh, a real thing. But what, what are you most yeah. missing about going the pub, not going to the pub, Bruce? I miss that, being able to go out for an hour and a half on an evening, Especially in winter, our second nearest pub is the Sam Smith's pub. There's no distractions there. It's got a roaring fire, very quiet. We go with two or three friends. Uh, it's incredibly calm, it's incredibly relaxing. There's a little bit of crack when the people will go there. Then it is just that escape. So I'm sure everybody's thinking the same thing. It's just that total escape for everything for an hour and a half, really. Uh, especially with the wife and two children. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know. It's, just, it's almost that it's that murmur in the background, isn't it? You know, even you, you, you can go in. Sometimes I go to the pub and sit on my own, but you just got that murmur around your people chatting and having a laugh. And I think, yeah, I think that's what you miss, isn't it? Because like you go out for a walk or whatever, or you go to work and you come back. And yeah. what about you, Nick? What's what you most miss about not going to the pub? Yeah, well, it's, it's it's almost being voyeuristic, as you say. You're not necessarily going to the pub to to, to talk to other people. But, you know, social media now, people are quite happy to sit there. I mean, we're being partly tonight, but people are happy to sit there for hours and hours and just see what other people are doing and what the people's business is without interacting. And I think it's just, yeah, it's a change of scenery, get out there. And uh, I like to think the pubs that I'm going in, you know, uh, are comfortable, uh, they're interesting. And, yeah, if somebody just walking that, um, you know, you're, you're engaging in conversation, whether it be a long chat or just a, a few words. Uh, yeah. We're lucky, I suppose, if you were asking that 20 years ago, I'd be saying definitely the choice of beer. It might be controversial again, but yeah, there's supermarkets have got a good range of real ales now. They make the death knell of a lot of pubs. But there's now taste better than it coming out of an hand pub. You know, no matter how fine a bottle or a can might be, there's now better than uh, watching that pipe being pulled and watching the head settle and the head being there all the way down the bottom of the glass. A little bit of head on this pint tonight, but... Uh, struggling with it really yeah we're gonna probably have a drink as well on these podcasts i think again we discussed this really i guess although we're all big beer drinkers i don't think that's kind of the be all end all for us we're not kind of beer geeks i would say and but we've just been chatting before this that we often went to pubs more for the pub really rather than the beer and i've got to say sometimes the beer that we had to drink was wasn't that great or there wasn't a great deal of choice so uh, but we will be having a drink as well and i think that's part of it and i'm getting <laughs> a bit of a beer snob because i've started my beer tasting course so i'm currently on a, a proper job which is, I think, a really good ale, a bit of an under under um, kind of value one, really. It's kind of fantastic beer if you get hold of it. Uh, you used to be able to get it in the southwest, but you can get it pretty much everywhere now. And this is a really nice, 
fairly strong, 5%, but it just tastes fantastic. And quite a bit of the read I'm doing now, and they do reckon if you do want a decent kind of IPA, this is, this is not a bad one. Nick, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I had to go with the obvious. Um, when we did start to venture out of Moulton, our first destination for a beer trip was looked upon as the Holy Grail in those days. It was uh, Keithley, home to Timothy Taylor's. So I've got a bottle of Landlord with me. That said, um, got a comment to make about it. Don't think it's as good as it was 20-odd years ago, but that uh, that will save for another episode, I think. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that I think we've always talked about, it did always taste better in Keith. It's a bit like Guinness in Dublin. It always seemed to taste better. And I do... I think that's maybe something we might cover perhaps in one, one of these. And I think often part of our philosophy was if you're going to go somewhere, is try and drink whatever the local beer was. Uh, and again, I've got to say, in most cases, that that went quite well. I mean, I, even, you know, if you went to Newcastle or you went to Middlesbrough, if you drank Cameron's or you drank Scottish Newcastle, it actually tastes a lot better, didn't it? And I don't know whether they could just serve more of it in that area. And therefore, they were, it was getting through the pipes. I don't know. Isn't it going to vote make exams that for Pat and the Taylors are? Yeah. In anticipation. It never, never let you down, did it? Well, that was when I was asking about your best part, and that was that always for me that that part of Golden Best in the Bottlemaker's Arms in Keithley, which is a great little pub, a very small pub, really. Well, you probably get 10 people, it'd be quite full in there. Uh, you but... of, uh, when you go to Dublin and you go to the pub and you order that first part of Guinness and they pour in it, that anticipation, and you see that slightly brown tinge on its head, and you've got that first sup, and it's just an amazing moment, isn't it? That golden best, yeah, and that well, it's a thick. And both of those, both of those pints, like a pint of Guinness in Dublin or, or anywhere in Ireland, really, uh, and and that golden best, it, it seems to be thicker, it seems to be yeah. creamier, seems to I don't know, it just seems to be a really fulsome beer. So, so anyway, that's we'll that's kind of the kind of what we're going to get on to. So, what we thought was, as we can't go anywhere at the moment, uh, obviously we are great literacy gurus, the three of us here, not. Uh, but we but we do remember that in uh, from English literature, uh, George Orwell obviously talks about in one of his essays this this mythical pub which he called the Moon Under the Water. And uh, I've got to say there are many very crap Moon Under the Waters <laughs> that I've been to that are trying <laughs> to kind of live that dream, and they're nowhere near. The one in Manchester always springs to my mind. The one that's in Piccadilly, which is which is a hell of a long way from the ideal pub. So <laughs> Orwell had this idea of Moon Under the Water, and he had these ten kind of key points um and I, I did a bit of reading and apparently actually it was based this pub was supposed to be based in london because somewhere he also mentions that he also has 10 points for a country pub but those have never been found that that list of 10 key things for that haven't been found um so that's kind of our mythical kind of quest really probably over five or six discussions like this is to try and work out what we think is the is the perfect pub so i'm probably going to go through i'll probably go through the orwell's kind of what he thought a perfect pub was and we might just in this session just talk a little bit about that and try and uh kind of spell that into what makes a great beer trip um i think we're also over the next few weeks talk a little bit about you know maybe the key questions are how many drinks make a perfect trip i think bruce and i discussed this a week so we we, we reckon eight pints is not a bad kind of yeah. target token over say you know i don't know pint an hour almost one that we used to work on um obviously part of the part of all these trips is also traveling uh, and certainly we've always had the philosophy of trying to kind of use public transport and uh, again i guess well me and bruce had to make a confession that when we were younger we were those train train spotter geeks on the op station uh, in our very early teenage <laughs> years uh, but there is something quite nice about getting on a rickety old 
northern train to go to the farther reaches of West Yorkshire or North Yorkshire. Yeah, they are, but... And, and the idea about buying one of those kind of rovers that you could jump on a buzz and, and uh, you know, I remember us doing that in London once, but yeah. in, in the good old days. And that, that idea about just jump on a buzz um, and you see a pub, jump off and have a beer and then get back on the bus. So there is something about that. We quite So that transport is quite important as well. And I guess we've always kind of worked out that, that balance between how much travelling you do and how much drinking you do. <laughs> and, and as I put in my notes here, whether you can actually do the both. Uh, we've been looking at some of our photos of our past um, uh, drinking days. And I think actually, I don't know, maybe it was because we lived probably around Leeds and therefore alcohol was often banned on most public transport whenever Leeds United were playing. Uh, I don't remember like doing lots of drinking on the train. Um, and I don't, I don't know whether that was, sometimes that was because I say it was a match day and therefore it was banned. And obviously we were, we were involved with a minus kind of strike. We were around there, we weren't involved, but we were around and similarly things there, they stopped like people drinking. Um, no, I, th I think it, I think it was more because you had to carry it with you. Once again, the, the quality of the beers that you were getting out of bottles of can yeah, was, true, was far, one. far, far lower than yeah. what you could have in in, in the pub. Uh, <coughs> and as I say, plus we were we were filling our pockets with pork pies and stuff like that. Right? <laughs> well, we were there. Yeah, that was that was it. Travelling for eating. What were they, what were them what were them places called on station? What were they called that place at York State? What they had a, what were the net uh, the you know the mm -hmm. chain? I can't what they called now. Something like reality or something. But it used to be like six quid for a kind of Stella, wasn't it? Or a kind of Heineken. I don't know. I'm getting pretty desperate sometimes at New York Station. Um, so, uh, but we have been on a couple of, re there's a couple of re nice real ale trains that, uh, that we've been on that do have a real ale bar, which is often quite quite fun yeah. as well. And often, it's actually, these days, often these days, often these days, even have their own beer, don't they? They have a theme beer that you can also drink as you go around as well. Yeah. Um, other thoughts were about the kind of maybe we'll spend a session on planning. Uh, that was always quite a good laugh, really. Often probably met in a pub and talked a little bit about where we were going to go, uh, try and plan the route. Um, and we talked a little bit about, uh, certainly for us, it was the good beer guide. And yeah, Nick was tended to buy the copy that we all used and then we normally lost it somewhere. Uh, but again, obviously there are now, um, you know, beer in the evening we've talked about, untapped. There's quite a few different ways you can kind of plan journeys now. Uh, the beers, so we, although the beers weren't always the driving force, I think, again, obviously that's part of what we do as well. So... And Nick's already mentioned that we, we come from a kind of a town that's got a fairly strong brewing heritage. And uh, so that was certainly important for us as well. We've already mentioned food and snacks and often probably Bruce is the leader in this. We'd often have to call, swing by. I remember having gone all the way out to Bury to get a black pudding for Bruce at one point. Uh, I remember black peas being another one that was a very popular kind of side trap we had to come and find. And certainly uh, savouries and dainties from several bakeries across the north of England we yeah. have visited on, on, on route and obviously give us some sustenance. It's probably um, long before it became fashionable, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've got some snacks with me tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my Christmas presents to my brother. So, yeah, we haven't worked out yet. Uh, me and Nick are brothers. And I bought Nick a... We, we had those in that Titanic pub, didn't we, in that one I took you in Stoke. And it is a ploughman's lunch in a packet, which, again, you, you, you get in a few pubs, but I've managed to get him a whole, a whole pub uh, card. It's wall. made by Open Shores of Lancashire. <laughs> you get two cream crackers, two silver skin onions, and uh, a triangle of, of what you could call derrily or laughing chat cow cheese. Now, it's all sealed in a, in, a, in a bag, but the problem is, what you find when you open the bag is the onions have invariably leaked some of the vinegar, so everything just tastes the vinegar. But uh, yeah, if you haven't got decent sustenance to hand, then uh, they, they do fill a hole as such. What's the shelf life of that, Nick? Oh, that'd be uh, probably uh, year 2050, Bruce. 
<laughs> it's amazing what you can buy on Amazon these days. Uh, it's uh, pretty much the bill end all. Oh, yeah, uh, I better start here in a few more. 20th of Feb 2021. Oh, you'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, now on my list here, I've got first aid as another kind of area when the alcohol fights back, and I think that is one of the perils in it. And, and we've all probably suffered from that. That you, you're looking forward to a great day out, and then for whatever reason, your body chemistry, and you've had about three pints, and you're absolutely mawangered. So I think we might talk a little bit about that, or when bits. I'm still. I'm. I'm. I can recall. I'm sure when we've all had some ailment where we've had to hobble or hop or drag each other around. Yeah. Um, and I've also, I've also said we should include a short section on waste disposal here. And I meant that of the humankind, uh, especially um, trying to find a toilet uh, is often one of the other perils of the beer trip, especially on unmanned railway stations in the middle of nowhere when you're dying because you've, you you've whacked a pint down to catch the last train. Um, and, and also famously, Nick, some pubs in Keith that don't seem to have sit-down toilets. And oh, the volunteers are. <laughs> if you need to, uh, if you're that way yeah. inclined. Uh... <laughs> It was, it was almost desperate times that day. I couldn't believe that if you've got a toilet the size of a cubicle, you don't put a sit-down toilet in. You put a stand-up urinal in instead. <laughs> this day, we don't know if people had to go home to do number two, then return to the pub. It was <laughs> uh, I've also, oh, you, you, also, you also need an iron lung in the volunteers', uh, volunteers arms. Was it the arms oh, yeah. or was it the inn? It was probably the smokiest yeah. pub I'd ever been in. Yeah. I've also then got the final pint, and I kind of, I think often for us that would often be probably back in Sudbury's in Morton because that was our kind of our kind of local booze and uh, a stagger up from the train or the bus station. So I think that was always quite good. And I think often, I think I don't know, often mad. We often went for something a bit stupid, like an old bob or something. That, you know, went for a seven percenter as our last pint of the night, which sometimes wasn't always the best idea. And then I've also put there kind of post ale snacking, and I'm sure there'll be sweet tales about Chinese Chinese and things that have been scattered on the floor. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing the thing with Sudbury's the thing with Sudbury's was that obviously the landlord knew that often that we were going out because he always promised to come on a trip with us, and he never did. But he, he knew when we were out, so he tolerated yeah. us when we got back. I think if we <laughs> in a bit of a walked into any other pub in town, <laughs> I think we would have been some clocks that have had him far too much. And no, we're not serving you guys. <coughs> so. so that's the kind of plan. And I say, I, my, I was trying to think about our philosophy, really. And my starter was uh, interesting pubs. And, and I think we've certainly ticked a few of those off in our times. And we could probably talk about... Place like the Philharmonic in Liverpool and the the Gardeners in uh, is it called the Gardeners in the one in Leeds that one that you have to walk miles to, um, yeah, fantastic interior, um, yeah. some great Sam Smith uh, Sam yeah, Smith pubs in London, some of them with the old with the old um, fantastic mahogany screens etc. Well, uh, Sam Smith's all over the country. I mean, if you start with the first point of Orwell, the architecture, he reckons it should be Victorian. Now, whilst quite a lot of it is pseudo now. This pseudo and pseudo, yeah. you know, and I have to give Sam Smith's pubs the due. If they go in and remodel something, yes, uh, nothing is original, but at least they're using proper wooden materials. Whereas a lot of the other big pub cars are using basically it's chipboard yeah. made to look stained, made to look like it, it, it has to do. And in a very short space of time, yeah. Yeah. that sort of interior can start getting shabby again. Uh, but no, I mean, Sam Smith, once again, we're, we're quite fortunate. Obviously, oldest brewery in Yorkshire. It's literally, what, 40 miles away from us. Whilst we don't have any Sam Smith pubs in Moulton, um, we do have them in the villages around about, and it is amazing how they can manage to keep keep surviving. Uh, but each and every one of them that I've been in has got a character, either the, the, the infrastructure, the building, or, or the people that go in there, often because the, the, the drink is very, very cheap, but that ain't necessarily a, a bad thing, because at least it means you keep getting your locals in there. 
Yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's amazing. Well, he put massive put a pound on everything after lockdown, didn't they? But uh, there's something quite unique about Samson's pubs. I mean, there is. But I was just thinking, obviously, around where I am now, we've got nothing. I mean, the nice one I've got is Chet, is one in Chester. And there's obviously, it's obviously in Manchester. And then, I, as far as I know, there's a massive gap then until you get to London. So it's uh, you know the odd one each is in there. It is funny, and it's funny. You know, whenever I go back and have a first couple of pints down Smiths, I always say it's a bit weird to me. I suppose that's just get, you get used to drinking. It's I don't know. It's a bit like I always say it's a bit like a Burtony beer to me with that slight salt. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just just the same with wards in Sheffield. You know, yeah. if, if you start the night wards in Sheffield, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You, 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 you basically you're all right if you were on the stones or on the tents or anything else Whitbread Tetley's you went and had a pint of wards and it was oh it was quite sulfurious yeah. uh, uh, just like you say you know with your if, if, if you get your your, your Burton beers um, but no if, if you if, it's 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 beer from from the wood, isn't it? Which once again makes it. So yeah, that was our really. second thing about about beers and I just interesting pubs again. I think you know. We, we, we'll, we'll fess up, you know. We did go to Stelly Bridge refreshment rooms before anybody knew about the Stelly Bridge refreshment rooms, did we? You know, on that, on the yeah. old, what is now the the classic ale trail, really rail good. trail. Um, I mean, we were we were probably there in the bloody early nineties when it was still pretty much two word women uh, trying to run it. And I, I, I've put it oh, often. We, used to, we often we did drink beer. We drank Vimto. <laughs> they used to do hot Vimto <laughs> or hot Bovril. I can't even get them the trade as well. And they did black peas as well, which is always quite good. Uh, I've got you know, I know a philosophy. It was always about maybe a bit of culture and heritage as well. So I yeah. think I was saying to Nick, you know. So if you went to Halifax, you'd always walk to the Peace Hall, wouldn't you? Because why not? It's fantastic to go there. We'd go and look at bloody locks, you know, five rise locks at Bingley somewhere. We'd go and look at Saltair Mill. So it wasn't just all drinking and pubs. I think we indoor all... markets. We always yeah. like indoor markets. Oh, yeah, we always tried to have a look about what was going on there. Um, Often uh, in the search of food, though, Bury Market. Yeah, I've said that. Decent scran, uh, good chat. And then I put the facial glow around 630 when I think, you know, I, I always like, I, I, that's my favourite time when you're drinking. You know, when the, when the sun's just, I mean, it's a bit earlier now, but when you're sat in a pub and it's just starting to go dark outside and you've probably had three or four pints already, and you've just got that nice glow and you're feeling kind of warm and your chat's flowing and you're in that kind of good, good position and it's not your round for at least two rounds. And, yeah. <laughs> the but then as, as, a, as a day wise on, then the, the time seems to go quicker. And yeah, quicker that's, and yeah, quicker that's true. Quicker. We, Perhaps talk about you, you that. Plan to, you plan to have an hour in a pub. You get there, you get a drink, you're looking at your watch, thinking, God, we need to leave. The train's going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I remember that we were getting up sometimes at half past seven, eight o'clock to get to the furthest point of these. Yeah. They went there for uh, uh, some breakfast, opening time in the first pub at 11 o'clock, and uh, then we'd work our way back, wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, what this, there were, there were 12 hour days, really. Yeah. Well, hang, hang on, Bruce. We were making bacon butties for the train journey. <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah, and, and I say I, I can remember we probably had two p pints max, didn't we? In most pubs, you probably never had more than two pints, and, yeah. and I think that's interesting because I, I thought about that. We never had halves. I can't remember ever having halves. It was yeah. a pint, and and I think that's probably changed a little bit. And now, and I think probably now we probably would have. I mean, certainly I would. I, I I always go for those thirds now the flights. You know, if you go in a pub and you want to certainly a good pub, I, I'll often now just have those three 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 um, three thirds. Uh, when I was last time I was in Whitby, I went to the new the Whitby tap there on the station, and that's all I did. I just, I just drank flights. It was great because they had some really interesting beers on, all different. And again, the great thing about flights is you get charged the same whether it's three percent or twelve percent. <laughs> so it's you know it's not a bad thing. So, uh, but I can never yeah. remember drinking halves. I can never never remember. 
No, I mean, I, I must admit, if I go in what I custom my local now in Moulton, it's, 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 it's New Moulton, and they always have three guest ales on, and they're always normally from Yorkshire, and especially if it's during the week, it's nice just to go in, have a, have a flight of thirds, and then yeah. choose out those three, my last pint. So I'm only having two pints, but, you know, I get to taste all three beers, and I, I really like it for that, because they always have a light, a medium, and a dark on as well. Um, in terms of, you know, your choice in your range sort of thing. And like you say, some nights you want to quaff your thirst, some nights when it's cold and it's miserable outside, you're quite happy just to settle down with something a bit richer, a bit sweeter, and a bit thicker. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can always remember doing stupid things like going and buying a bottle of whiskey from Morrison's, which I always have in my head. Oh, that was in Bradford. Yeah. Bradford. Before we went to the new beehive. Cheap whiskey and all horrible. Mad. Yeah. You could have cleaned paintbrushes out in it. I remember going to the new beehive all of us were a year ago, and uh, he had a large selection of beers on. Because in those days, if you got many more than three or four real ales, that was quite extraordinary. Yeah. He got six or seven on, and he had a cat that would go from tap to tap, <laughs> licking the drips. <laughs> <beer around. Yeah. laughs> Fantastic. I mean, and he had a Chinese barmaid as well, which was a bit <laughs> surreal. When you, when you tried, to, tried to ask her what, what ale she recommended, uh, bless her, she didn't really have much idea. I just think about Bruce's point there about we, we often were kind of when they were, I mean, the good old days when they were kind of uh, undoing the bolts and the doors at kind of 5 to 11, weren't we? And I don't yeah. wonder because often we'd be the only people in the pub, wouldn't we, that time? And, oh, I, and yeah. I do often wonder A, the quantity of beer that we're having because they're probably still bloody cleaned the pipes out. Uh, and also whether we missed kind of the real buzz of the pub. And I guess, again, by about seven o'clock, that's what you'd get, wouldn't you? But to be yeah. honest, I, I guess in sometimes there's, there's pros and cons. It's quite nice of being in some of those pubs you used to go in. When it was fairly quiet, uh, and or you, you, there was always probably one old one old boy, one that always was there at eleven o'clock as well, and was always good to have a chat to and, and see how they were going, and sometimes buy them a beer and, and get some out of them. So, uh, so I think that's that's kind of our philosophy. So I, I think we can maybe just just mull on that a little bit, and perhaps have a leave the Orwell stuff, and we'll perhaps do that in the next time that we get together, and we can then maybe have a think about those ten things that you talked about architecture pub games quite enough to talk we might think some good examples that again people might be interested yeah. in, you know where we where we'd recommend if you wanted to go and find a, a great pub with a, a great architecture we've always mentioned the philharmonic in uh, thing i was was it where we was it the phoenix you guys were impressed and that looks i don't think i've ever been there black, no, horse, no. black horse black horse that looks a very a similar big, big kind ceramic of ceramic bar yeah one of one of very few pubs that has a, a ceramic bar um and that's that's one of them. Uh, there is one still in hole in the polar bear. Um, yeah. What worries me though with those is, is Robinsons because I've got to say start about the Crown Liquor Bar in Belfast, which is an absolutely stunning pub. Yeah. But yeah. I've got to say the last few times I've been, the beer has been, yeah. and you, and you look at it and you can just see it's falling apart. And I've got to say the same about the Phil as well. The Philharmonic, they have lots of beers on, and I think they just seem to kind of it's a great pub. Bar stuff can be okay, but then other times it takes you in to get served and they're always having a chat yeah. with themselves. Because of the sake of the heritage pubs, it's great to think there's some custodians, but then of course you've got these fantastic independent pubs full of heritage that are now becoming effectively... I, I need to look at Nicholson. Nicholson's a Scottish... Are they a Scottish kind of home... Nicholson's are they kind of no, no they're uh, Butler and Nicholson's. I've got us, yeah, but I'm, I'm obviously Nicholson's was before that. I mean, you the think one, they started that brand the started in Edinburgh. Thing. The ones in Edinburgh, I think, are completely. I mean, that one, the the Conan Doyle, Conan Doyle, uh, yeah. When I've been in there, it's been absolutely stunning. The beer's been great, the, the staff have been absolutely fantastic there. 
I mean, again, that's a very popular place, full of Americans and Japanese. The last few times I've been in there, and I've been in there with a Billy Nicholson's vouchers and got, you know, like half food, half price and free beers. Mm -hmm. Just fine. They love it. I mean, they often say, I don't know how to do that because nobody ever comes to that with that, with that app because um, it's mainly tourists. But the ones that I've been to, certainly in Liverpool and, and uh, the one in Belfast, it's just uh, worries me a little bit about the future of those. Uh, I went to Deacon Brody's bar, you know, with our friend Andrew about, God, it'll be over 30 years ago now, uh, before it was all gentrified. And they had a couple of like belling cookers behind the bar. And we went up on the old four pound chain tickets you got for the Kellogg's tickets, remember the Kellogg's cereal packs, do you remember? Really? And we went in there and we said, did you do any food? And she literally she goes, ah, I've been heating that for three days, lads. I need bother with that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it when it became a Nicholson's pub because it was a real proper, it was probably the only proper old-fashioned authentic booze on the Royal Mail. Yeah. I know Nick was Nick was reminded about White Locks when in, in Leeds, which again is oh, the legendary oh. pub, really. And I think it's one, it's a legend that's maybe lost a little bit of its stripes now. And and to be honest, I think we I'd probably prefer to go in the shit now, which is the kind of next little alley down, isn't it? And going there. But I mean, it was uh, Nick, you know, reminded me that there was literally a, a red, a big red velour curtain that you pulled was, back, yeah. and there's two little old ladies in there, and these two well, proper old ladies with wraparound aprons on serving <laughs> proper, giant Yorkshire puddings. It was a proper Yorkshire like Sunday dinner every day of the week with massive Yorkshire puddings, puddings and Yorkshire puddings are white bait to it was fantastic. It wasn't was, it? wasn't it? Like a proper, like, old. I mean, again, you've got to think, people probably eating that kind of food for the last bloody 200 years, you know, yeah. all these kind of big, fat, industrial, you know, whatever, mill owners or whatever, going in there for several pints of Tetley's and, and a super yeah. slap-up beef beef meal. Yeah. Uh, it was, and, I mean, that's well, all just knocked through now, and I don't, there, isn't, there isn't a restaurant <laughs> yeah, anymore. It's, uh, why they ever altered, because it was, people loved it, people loved it. I remember also that had an eclectic beer uh, choice in, in White Locks, it was, I mean, obviously it wasn't a, yeah. a tight house, but I just remember there being so many different beers that you could, and, and quite, quite, probably back in the day when, you know, we're talking, again, kind of late 80s, early 90s, quite a range of beers that you wouldn't probably get anywhere else, you know, apart from your best bits, right. and your mild, and your... You stout, it was well, those alley pubs in Leeds. I mean, again, you know, they're, they're just totally unique, aren't they? You've got Ship White Locks, the uh, the Sam Smith's one, I was named, I forget at the minute. So, the the Sam Smith's one called? I forget the name of it now. I don't know, I'll, well, I could, I, I know the ship, and yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the angel, is it? Uh, I think it be. possibly is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is probably go to so many pubs and depending <laughs> on the level of inebriation, you know, you don't so much, uh, you remember where they are, you don't so much start to bother about the names. Well, of course, they don't even have a pub sign for the Sam Smith's one, do they? It's well, that, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Those pubs are amazing. And again, I seen, I, you know, I said to Nick, I used to write a few things down, but I, I wish we'd have written more. I mean, when, and we've been looking at some of the photos that we had, and oh, yeah. I wish that we'd have written a few bit of this. Cause in a way, it was probably cultural history that we were kind of going through here without really knowing it. Um, I mean, it was asking why did we why did we ever first start you know, why did we start drinking in like the old men's pubs when we, we were like eighteen? I don't know. It was just <laughs> young folks, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, it just we just kind of I guess just went went that way, didn't we? Really? And I think and then, like that, like that yeah. we like that uh, conviviality, didn't we? You were that was quite welcoming. You know, I was exchanging tales with that speaker. Well, Obviously, you two are older than me, so you were going out first. But I think your peers, you know, Moncton was dead, Moncton was boring, so they went to the bright lights of Scarborough, York. But you guys weren't ever bothered with that. But no. because of that, you know, for you to walk into a pub at the age of 17, underage, I mean, in those days, the police were a lot more um, keen to walk into pubs and check people's ages. They didn't bother with a bloke who had had 
eight pints of strong arm sat at the bar and his car was in the car park. Took no notice of him, right? But anybody who looked on the age of sort of 25, they were coming up and asking for your ID. Uh, and so I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I was never ever. I, I, I was thinking more. You know, we lived in a market town, and again, back in the kind of mid eighties. I mean, there wasn't much was bugger else to do. There was no cinema in. Well, there was cinema mall, but it's crap. Uh, I mean, you probably wouldn't go to Yorker Scarborough because you wouldn't probably get back, would you? Because taxi would have cost you like them days. God knows how. Well, they probably wouldn't have been a taxi back anyway. So I think they were just they were they were. I mean, that, that's you know our town, wherever it is, I don't know what eighteen thousand people, whatever. I mean, there must have been, I don't know, 15, 16 pubs, wasn't there? And, and, they, and then clubs, working men's clubs. Uh, and I suppose there was something for everybody. There was a few lively pubs like The Gate and stuff. And then there was like the working men's clubs that did like your stand-up comic, your bingo and your, and your, and your duet. Uh, yeah. There was the Mount. I mean, the Mount was a massive... Bruce will tell us about the strippers. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the Mount, Bruce, is where kind of most young people went, weren't they? The Mount... Well, yeah, well, that was a hotel bar essentially, wasn't I it? I mean, the Blue Bell was a rugby rugby pub, but that had like, a lot of young kids used to go in the Blue Bell as well. Then uh, a spotted cow, spotted cow, yeah. It was, uh, I suppose, just kind of, uh, and everybody drank pints, and even uh, even the bloody lassies drank pints. I mean, that's what people just drank. And then, of course, the bottles and stuff began to start, and then. Uh, the, the blue, the the, the uh, golden ball started with the bottles, didn't they? They had the upstairs bottle bar. Yeah. They had the half mini come through the wall, and the trendy drink was the salt with a piece of lime on top. And then drinking, some farmers, uh, lads, they, they didn't even know what a lime was, let alone uh, I mean, a, a bottle of Mexican lager. Drinking spirits. Was, uh, we just, I mean, I don't, I can't, even the girls didn't used to drink spirits. They had like half ciders and stuff. I mean, I think drinking like whiskey and gin and vodka, I just, we just didn't do it. You drank like, beer, cider, Guinness. <laughs> or, I remember us biking, I got a bike to uh, Village of Wester, was it? Five miles from where we live. And Mrs. Taylor around the pub would never serve you beer, but that was perfectly acceptable to give a 50-year-old outsider. Outsiders, yeah. I think it was the same as us in the us in the back room of the glow when we drank pint bottles of Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 97 beer bottle. Yeah. Uh, it was funny, I mean, I was a bit complicit because the case before <laughs> the the landlord saying that the police were coming around. So they run across, take your beer off you, and give you a glass of coke. He won't coke, bro. It was some Della Cola. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying Sundella to Nick, Cola. when we first went in Sudbury's Brews, I reckon the old, old man Sudbury was still was still there then. And I remember being in that back room, and he used to turn the light off in that, you know, where we used to sit in that up by the toilet <laughs> there. And he just used to sit there with that lights on. It's about three or four of them sat there <laughs> drinking, drinking God knows. I was trying to think, what did, what did Sudbury's actually sell before? The, wait, for obviously the brewery start. I can't remember what beer they used to uh, have in there. They had, they had Whitbread Trophy on. Yeah. And, uh, have, they had Tetley's on, didn't they? Because they always had Tetley's on. Tetley. Maybe Whitbread John Smith's on keg. Can I say, that's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were here at the forefront of the Rail Revolution, they weren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Well, so to I, Nick... I, I, I give them, give them the due. I mean, when they started the brewery up, obviously it was Jeff Woolens and Colin Sykes. Uh, both had, well, I mean, Jeff was 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 a professional brewer. I mean, he'd, he'd oh, been yeah. head, uh, assistant head brewer at Bass Brewery for many years, I think, if I'm right saying. And Colin was a uh, he was a, a serious home brewer. And when they set the brewery up and started to produce their beers, they were producing award-winning beers. I mean, in those days, it wasn't that uh, normal for, a, for, a, for a, 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 a pub to have a brewery behind them. You know, they really were at the forefront of microbrewing. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Neil took it over and uh, for many years, the, the, the beer was still head and shoulders against the, the big Yorkshire breweries that they had to compete with. Because I mean, that was the thing in Moulton, we didn't have a bad choice of beers. 
You know, mm. we, we we could try the, the the biggest Yorkshire brewery beers, John Smith, Sam Smith, Tetley's, um, Webster's, get Webster's at the Railway Club. So, you know, compared to a lot of the places that really were locked down by tight houses and tight pubs, we had the range and choice. But uh, I remember, because obviously I was weaned on the stuff, the double chance was was head and shoulders above anything that the big Yorkshire brewers were producing. Yeah. It was incredibly hoppy, wasn't it, when you it look was. back Right, I'm just conscious we're probably moving on now. Things that are, again are probably quite local to us. So one of the things that we're going to try and do is alongside this is do a bit of a blog, so we can maybe talk a little bit more about and give a bit more detail about brewing and pubs that we're talking about as well. Um, so I think we're probably going to draw this to a close now. Uh, and I say, if you if you kind of enjoyed listening to this, then I think what we're going to do next time we meet is we're going to have a look at that George Orwell's ten great things about a pub and try and link that to our beer trip, really. Um, so we're hoping that we can develop this a bit further. We've got some ideas maybe about YouTube. Uh, we do have a Twitter Twitter handle which is malt uh, under slash uh, sorry under dash whatever you call that low dash ale. Um, so again, if you want to give us a follow for that as well. So I think gents will say good night for now, uh, and then we'll hopefully catch up uh, in a week or so's time and carry on this this chat and, and work out things like how we can maybe put some of this in writing. So we do we'll do a blog, and Nick's already started writing some things down that might, if you're interested in some of the things we're talking about, about certainly about malt and some of the the beers and and the uh, bars we've mentioned, you could perhaps uh, follow uh, do a little bit of research all yourself. So I think we'll say good night, everybody, and then I'll just stop record. Cheers. Hmm. What do we think? How long was that? About four Hang on, five I'm, minutes. I haven't stopped recording yet. <laughs> I've, lost, I've lost my Zoom off my screen. Hang on, come on. Hang on, meeting controls. I'm going to stop sharing. Right, exit now. Recording. Right.